Hi, everyone, and welcome to our first Talking CX podcast of 2023. I hope everyone listening has had a great start to their new year, and thanks to each one of you for your support. It's very much appreciated. Hi, Graham. Welcome back, and Happy New Year. Happy Year of the Rabbit. Happy, that's right. Yes, that's Year of the Rabbit. Before I get into what we have planned for this year, I'd like to take a minute to thank our wonderful guests from 2022, the year of CX around the world. We had Girl Kurt from Turkey, Neil Burge from Singapore, Georges Asama from Cameroon, and by the way, Georges is a CX Leader of the Year award winner for 2022. So, Georges, if you're listening, congratulations on that. Well-deserved. And we also had the delightful Nicole Waring representing the region of Benelux. And we appreciate all of you. Thank you for sharing your stories and insights with us. Yeah, I'd li- I like to think that we were George's coming out party from the Cameroon. So when he's rich and famous like Tom Cruise, then he can remember that it all started. <laughs> he can remember his, his, his humble beginnings on the podcast. Yeah, that's really wonderful. One thing all of these guests have in common is they are all CX professionals. They're applying their universal CX principles in a variety of cultural settings, and doing it for mostly large corporations. And while it's our hope that the ideas our guests have shared can help any business, regardless of size, I have this feeling that corporate CX as a subject as a whole can sometimes feel overwhelming, impractical, Uh, I'm sure probably expensive to a small business owner because small business owners, you know, they're already wearing a dozen and something hats and trying to manage a limited budget. And so that's why the focus of this year's podcast series is going to be on the small things, the small things that can make a real difference, Uh, small pivotal changes that can put CX principles to work for your business, no matter where your company is at in its growth. And so we will be talking with small business owners and asking them about the little customer-centric changes they made that sparked new directions and new growth. And we are calling this series One Little Thing, and I'm very much looking forward to diving right in and welcoming our first guest of the series. And uh, Graham, could you please be so kind as to introduce our first guest? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll let Shannon introduce herself. It's probably even better. I mean, I, I echo everything you said. We not only kind of came up with the idea that this was a good a good pivot, but we've, we've, uh, we've talked to a number of people around the world, um, and there seems to be kind of a fascination you know this this idea of small changes in small businesses and and um you know what we're hoping to cover today is a little bit of of you know what Shannon's business does how their business has grown over the last you know 5 10 years how have they seen their customers change and their understanding and then you know what are the what are the things that they've uh, done 
in order to you know change their customers experiences and maybe even some of their employee experiences because that's a big thing too um you know and how has that kind of benefited them what's gone well maybe what's not gone so well um and that's really you know there's a lot of intrigue around in 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 small businesses which are which are obviously really really in touch with their communities and um you know tend to be pretty agile in terms of twisting and turning with the marketplace in all its joy and glory whether economically caused or other things so so maybe shannon you can um kind of start by talking about you know who who cams is what you do um kind of your your journey in terms of how many years you've been in business and then your your role and then you know we'll kind of roll from there into some of these changes you've seen over the last x number of years thank you graham um Yes, my name is Shannon Stahl, and I am one of the um, original co-founder and owner of CAMS Auto Service Center in Ackworth, Georgia. Uh, We've been in business. Next month will be our 25th anniversary, and we are a full-service auto repair center, uh, Napa Auto Service Center, and a AAA auto repair facility. Um, So we partner with Napa and AAA, we're not a franchise. We partner with them to offer uh, benefits and services to the customer. Uh, We've been with them since our new location opened in 2007. So we've been partnering with those uh, two companies to offer our customers better uh, warranties and parts So in regards to the things that we've done differently, we opened up our new location in 07. Before that, we were in two locations that were more like what the stereotype auto repair shop would be, you know, small, uh, no waiting room, no amenities whatsoever. And we opened in 07 with a large 14-bay facility uh, with a waiting room and more employees and office staff, and we were able to um, have 14 bays in our new location. So that uh, opened up a lot more services that we could offer. And once we opened up, that was very scary uh, because it was not what we were used to. I did most of uh, the paperwork and marketing and um, anything to do with administrative from my home because our, our previous location did not have uh, the, the office space. So it was nice to be able to have everything all in one place. Anyway, we started out in 07 and it was very scary uh, just because we were going from a different demographic and uh, what we were offering to a new facility, but it went very well. And each year we've been able to grow Things have changed uh, over the years, obviously, from 07, you know, right after we opened the crash, you know, with the real estate happened and we managed to to move through that. And then, of course, we had COVID in the last couple of years. So we've, you know, been going strong and now we have 14 employees, um, including my husband and myself. So 12 employees besides us. And that's pretty much the start of our, our business. That's that's amazing. <laughs> that's exciting. I mean, it sounds like a real achievement to go from starting really small and getting to that point. What I would like to kind of talk about starting us off is 
like what were those early days like? So I think I heard a couple of different different pivots in there, like when you very first started. I'm kind of picturing, I don't know if you were in a in an actual location separate from where you were living, but a, a fairly small place. What was that like starting off that way? It was. It was very small. The fir- our first place was opened in 1998, and uh-huh. it was basically my husband, and then he hired shortly thereafter one other person, and he was trying to, and I was basically doing everything at home. Our children, we had twins. They were very small at that point. Um, it was very scary to take the plunge, you know, for him to, to try to do this full time. And I had had some administrative background, so I was able to help him, you know, transit, you know, get everything incorporated and, you know, do all the beginning business, um, you know, not so fun paperwork things that you have to do when you start a business. And uh, so we started there and it was nowhere anybody wants to hang out. You know, it was very, as you can imagine, it was an auto repair shop. It was not lots of parts. We had salvage parts that we had at that location at that time. So it was, you know, lots of car parts, lots of cars. And in 2001, we opened a second location and this location was a little bit higher traffic because, you know, word of mouth is basically how we started. And people would, you know, hear about the repairs being done. But in the second location, uh, we had a little bit more uh, street traffic. So we were able to, you know, kind of get the word out there visually uh, with more of a uh, storefront brick and mortar. But it really was like it was a four bay concrete or cinder block square building, very small. And, uh, you know, there was no office, there was a bathroom next door. So it was basically it was you dropped your car off, and you didn't really hang out there. And we just, you know, built the two, we do the larger jobs at the first location, and we do the smaller jobs at the four bay location. So that's pretty much how we started and and continued there until we had purchased, I had found the land uh, that our new building is on. Because the first two buildings, we only rented those. So I had been looking for, for land um, or a location that we could, you know, purchase. And I was able to acquire the property and we paid on it for a couple of years until we had the equity to build the shop. And we were able to, we started building in 06 and it was done in January of, well, the end of January of 07. In those early days, what changes did you see you know, as far as what kind of customers that you had. And, you know, you, you talk about how you were kind of in this, you know, typical kind of old school auto repair place where people don't want to mm-hmm. hang out, right? And then <laughs> somewhere along the way that changed. And did that start changing before you built your new place? Like, were there um, things you were doing to to change who was who your customers were and was that like a conscious decision or did it just sort of happen naturally I mean I think ultimately we had a vision of what we wanted in the other locations we couldn't offer that it just wasn't you know it, there would be some people that would you know car guys that would come hang out but for the most part it was you know not uh, what we wanted to offer was, you know, when, once we got to the larger shop, it was, 
you know, because in the smaller shops, we were doing like the yellow page. That was the yellow pages uh-huh. days. And, you know, it was, there wasn't much involvement with the community. And, you know, besides the yellow pages, just wanting people to have your number. And, you know, it wasn't until we moved into the newer location and it, we were nervous. Like, are the, are people still going to come to us? Are they going to, you know, think that we're pricing ourselves out or are we the same people? And it was great to see that, you know, people continued to come to us. We didn't, you know, rack up our prices. We didn't, um, we tried to offer, you know, I had a nice clean lobby, you know, it was, it was more uh, female, I guess, touches to the new location than the first location. And, you know, people did want to come in and get the quicker things, you know, lots of people don't want to, you know, the larger jobs, still people would drop their vehicles off, but, you know, oil changes, brakes, emissions, that kind of stuff. Um, And in the beginning, realizing I kind of do things the way I would want them done. And, you know, I had still had small kids at that point. And, you know, I wanted the waiting room to be inviting. And I had a little area with, you know, little chairs and, you know, some toys. And uh, we had a TV set up to where the kids could watch, you know, movies or little kid shows. And then, you know, another TV where people could have, if there were no kids in the room, they could obviously watch something, you know, more geared towards adults. And we had a coffee machine and we still do. And we offered, you know, a more inviting environment for people to wait for their vehicles. That's really something I'm sure that a lot of people appreciated that. I, I, while you're talking, I'm still, I can still envision, you know, the typical auto repair shop with the couch that's probably had a lot of oil spilled on it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we didn't even have a couch. It was, I think, some plastic chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which I I probably would prefer the plastic chairs, actually. Um, (laughs) But yeah. So, what kind of feedback? What kind of response did you get after you implemented that? Um, Well, we did get a lot of feedback about our clean, you know, people still say like, this is one of the cleanest locations that they've ever been in. You know, I feel like my opinion is typically our customers are women. They're still bringing in the vehicle with their kids and they don't want to bring their kids into a shop where, you know, it's very stressful to be a mom and your kid not, you know, having something to do or somewhere to be when you're having to wait on a vehicle. And I think that we have gotten a lot of good feedback about our location now. And when we, we've transitioned from the little chairs, we have, you know, now we have Netflix on our TV instead of a little personal TV. So we have kids come in and they're sitting and waiting, you know, we'll ask the parents, do you want us to turn something on? And, and more than like some people will bring in their own little handheld devices, but for the most part, people love that we even ask that we understand that it's not real fun to have to sit in an auto repair facility with your two and four year old or, you know, however old the children are. I think it's just making it seem more inviting. We, you know, we still have people who just drop their vehicle off and don't want to stay through the years. I'm trying to remember exactly what year it was. I want to say it was just a couple years either within, maybe it was like a year after um, we were in this new location, there was an elderly lady that came in and she was going to have a large job done. And we, you know, we let her know it was going to take 
several hours, if not like most of the day to get her vehicle done. And did she have someone to pick her up? And she, she just didn't have anybody that could do this. And this was before Uber and Lyft really kind of took off, at least in our area. And, uh, it was then that, you know, my husband was like, we need to, you know, that kind of helped him think about, we need to get something to do. You know, we ended up driving her home in our personal car, um, so that she didn't have to sit around and wait. But at that point we decided to get a shuttle car. So we had, and we have a different vehicle, but over the years we've had a couple of vehicles now that became our shuttle um, cars. So we will, if you within a certain vicinity or a certain mileage, we'll drive, you know, drive people home. Um, so they don't have to sit and wait on their cars. And that's especially with the older people who, you know, even nowadays who don't navigate Lyft or Uber on their phones, they appreciate having someone drive them home. Sometimes it's my husband or I, and they don't even realize that we're the owners, you know, and we'll, we'll drive them home so that, and then go pick them up when their car's finished. So that's a added bonus to that customers have really appreciated over the years. So the first little thing that you did was kind of make that waiting room family friendly and mm-hmm. and an appealing place to hang out for kids. The second little thing and maybe a pivot for your business was adding the shuttle for people who needed a ride home. Did that happen sometime later? Yeah, um it was a little while later in the new location. We didn't offer that at the first location. And I mean we have we have like car books up there and pictures of, of cars and stuff. And for, you know, anybody who likes to look at that kind of stuff. And we have nowadays, I'm trying to remember exactly what point we started off from water bottles. It was, I think it was a summer and it was just so hot. And we started going and buying water bottles and we have this little fridge that's shaped like a toolbox and it's up front. And, um, now, instead of just going and getting generic water bottles from the store, we have ones that have our logo and our picture of our shop on it. And so people really like that and offering the coffee in, in the winter, you know, in the holidays times, we'll have hot chocolate and stuff up there. So that's, you know, just making it a little bit more comfortable. Even our parts drivers will come through and we'll have like a candy bowl sometimes, especially like Halloween and and they'll come by and the parts delivery people love to to come through and grab a water bottle and some candy, you know, so just making it just family friendly or, or just friendly, you know? Yeah. More, more of a, a community kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something I think that anybody could do, right. Is to offer different things to people like that under their own brand. I think that's a great marketing idea. Yeah, I mean, cause, I mean, we have like, if they're not walking off with a pen, obviously, you know, lots of companies have um, different logo promotional items. So, you know, leaving that stuff out for them to walk out with a pen or a water bottle or, you know, an air freshener that they put in their car, those kind of things are um, great to have in the in the lobby. And, you know, of course, during COVID, you kind of pivot with some of those things. So navigating that was different. And now, I had to think of something that we do now, well, more recently in the last couple of years would probably be the younger generation is coming in. And even some of people who need to drop off their car and they have to go to work and they're at work and they're in a meeting and they can't get to their phone. So we're trying to get an approval for, you know, let them know what's wrong with their vehicle. 
um, get approval to start the repairs. And, you know, they want to hopefully have their car done as soon as possible. So not being able to get a hold of them and get that approval, difficult. And so we implemented texting uh, within our within our point of sale. People seem to really like that because they can quickly answer a text and let us know that we can move forward um, versus just waiting, leaving a voicemail and waiting for them to reach back out to us. So that was a great thing that we started offering. We also started offering digital vehicle inspections, which people really like. They get a text message on their phone and it has a link and they're able to see the inspections that we've done on their vehicle with sometimes pictures, uh, if needed be, to explain the repair. People really like, you know, they're not, we're not having to bring them back into the shop and look under their, you know, greasy car and, you know, we can send them pictures, even if it's just a picture of their air filter, or it could be a picture of an engine leak. And they seem to really welcome that and enjoy that they are able to have that. And then they can also, all that's saved in their information so that they can, if they ever needed it down the road, we've had people have to um, get their information when they go to sell a vehicle. And we keep all of that information together. Wow. So it's been, I don't know, I think it's probably been a couple, three years since I've had my car in the shop, thankfully. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nobody was doing anything like that. When, when did uh, you implement the, the texting? Um, the texting, well, we, we had offered it with our vehicle inspections. We started those first and the company that we were with offered that as well. And now um, we use a Napa point of sale and they have now implemented the texting within their system. And so that their text messages will now attach to the history of the invoice. So that, you know, once we were able to do that, you know, and it was fully integrated, um, we went with that and we're sh- going to shortly be offering text to pay. So we can basically send them a text message. They could pay for it over the phone and we can leave their, um, you know, they have their extra key and they come pick up their car whenever they, you know, have a spare time. It doesn't have to be within our working hours. And, you know, everybody has very much liked that we're able to do that. It's, and it's also very, it's much more secure than taking payment over the phone, which we can still, you know, we're still doing at this moment. But as soon as we can offer the text to pay, then we won't have to. Um, it's a more secure way to go ahead and have them pay for their vehicle. Yeah, that's wonderful. So we have a list of some of the little things that you did that really made a difference. And I'm just thinking about, aside from kind of anecdotally, right, where you're getting great feedback from your customers and saying, hey, we really like this. Thank you for doing this. You know, we're we're telling our friends and all of that. Did you have any way of measuring as far as customer retention mm-hmm. or, you know, a customer acquisition? For example, after you did the makeover on the waiting room. Uh, with the waiting room, like I said, we we moved from the other two places to this place. So our transition was our, I mean, just in moving locations, we doubled our monthly sales like the first month. So we were pleasantly surprised with that. Um, we do have, and and I, I, I want to say it was probably a good five years into it. We partnered with uh, a company we, and we've transitioned to another company, but we've had a CRM in place. 
and it, which tracks our how many types of cars, you know, how many repairs we're doing on each different types of cars because we're not we, we don't specialize in just foreign or you know we we work on everything. You know, we can track how much people are spending, you know, the the demographic like where they're you know what zip code they're coming from. So we've been doing you know, CRM through the years, we would send out postcards, you know, we did the mass mailings, we've done the e- email, we're now doing text, uh, text campaigning, sorry, I forgot what it was called. And um, so we've been, you know, we have a company who we, you know, because we don't have, we don't have time to, to be able to measure all that stuff. So I have a, a person that I talk to every month. And we kind of go over what's coming up, what do we want to, you know, look at, we send a text message through that company. Like, I think it's, we do it. We were doing it two weeks after they came in, but it seemed to be a little too soon. So we uh, bumped it out to, I think three weeks now. And so at three weeks after they come in, they'll get a text message asking how their repairs doing. Cause there's some people that they'll be like, well, it's okay, but it's still doing this noise. So that gives us a chance to be like, well, go ahead and bring it back in instead of them waiting till their next visit. And, um, then maybe, you know, whatever it's doing is worse. So that that's been people in mm-hmm. sometimes we just get uh, it's running great. Thank you. You know, they really seem to like that we're even asking how their how their mm-hmm. repair has been. We don't do too many. I don't want to bombard people with too many text messages. Um, they have to, of course, opt in for their for our text campaigning. So but um, basically, we're just reaching out to ask them how they're repair was and if everything is going well um, we've done some like that to customers that we haven't seen in a while we will send out a a blast to try to see if their vehicles need to have repairs so that's been something that we've done you know recently so i've seen a lot of good feedback maybe not measurable i mean i can measure who answers the text message and with some of the email and marketing, I can measure, you know, our, the company that we're with measures are the, do we have an ROI on those campaigns that we send out? Mm -hmm. So we are able to measure and I couldn't do it without outsourcing that. That would be a lot of work. That would be too much, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So definitely outsourcing the things that are too much work for you is, is definitely the benefit to having somebody else, you know, help you with it. Yeah, that's the smart thing to do. So you can't, it's pretty hard to do absolutely everything when you have a very successful business with several locations and 12 employees. So you've really grown from that little shop (laughs) up up to to this point. Well, and in the beginning, I didn't know it. Yeah, and it's hard. In the beginning, you don't even know all the stuff that I might have. I, my office background was, you know, doing some payroll and and clerical and that, you know, kind of stuff. So over the years, I've had to learn what CRM means and ROI and KPI, you know, all of that stuff. Right, right. So it's been uh, partnering with uh, smarter people than you, you know, that can help you work on the issues that you need to work on. Right. Well, a lot of these little things were are centered really around making a welcoming place. So in your case, that meant a welcoming place for moms with kids. It meant making sure people have something to do when they're there, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, providing them just with some comfort <laughs> foods that happen to be branded with your brand, making it easy 
not just for the customers, but for your employees when it's time to explain what needs to be done with your car instead of having to have this awkward conversation with a with a tech, they can actually see what's going on and uh, save everybody's time. Just all of these little things added together has made for a really successful. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, we couldn't have done it without our community and then our employees. You know, we we have a lot of employees who've been here a long time, and um, you know, kind of grown with us. So I think basically giving a, like you were saying, a friendly, welcoming environment with partnering with the technology and the the things that are available to make the business run smoother. And then we also have all those technologies that we put in behind the shop. Then the where the mechanics are, we have uh, machines and our equipment that are you know up to date. And we have computer systems that we work with. Computers that, uh, not like desk computers, but the computers that plug into the car and um, read what the car needs, you know, the codes and stuff, we keep those up to date. And that way the techs can have the things that they need to do their job well. Right. Okay. All right. So Shannon, um, if yeah. you were going to talk to a, someone who's just starting out in, in a small business, today, knowing what you know now, what piece of advice would you give them that you think would be really important for them to keep in mind? Um, to get involved with the community that they're in. And whether it's all or some is, you know, better than none, and get involved with the schools, with your business association, and really figure out what your customers need and want, you know, the, the community, they want to do business with people that they know. And when you're, you know, my kids went to school in this area. I've been involved with many of the schools in this area. I'm involved with the business association and the chamber. And so being involved, I think really helps the community to want to do business with you. And it gets your business name out there as well. And if you're offering good service and honest, you know, welcoming, inviting environment, then the everything will, will fall into place. Awesome. That sounds like wonderful advice. Yeah. I really thank you for being here and sharing your story here. It's wonderful to hear. Uh, it's really inspiring to hear how you got through all of those different phases and took your business from small to, to great. <laughs> so it, it's it's really a wonderful thing to hear, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I didn't do it alone. Like I said, it's a, a lot of people have helped all through the years. Well, it sounds like you really respect your and take care of your employees, too, and that's a, another key component of of CX actually. So that's a whole different conversation, but it sounds like you've been really successful with that as well. Yes, we've been very blessed. We have a, a great group of people here. Awesome. Thank you. Graham, do you want to add anything? No, I want to say thank you. It's been uh it's been really interesting. I mean this is kind of exactly what we wanted to to uh to do and exactly what our what our listeners have asked us for as we kind of move into a 
into the wonderful world of 2023, whatever it holds for all of us. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed it. And of course, we want to continue this series and talk to other small business owners. So for people listening out there, if you have a small business that you'd like to have showcased or you know someone who you think has done a great job, you can reach us at info at talkingcx.com and let us know what you think about this, the subject matter for this new series. So we will see you again soon. In the meantime, do CX right. Do it right now. <laughs>